I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back. I'm Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer. It's another episode of 1% Better. And, wow, uh, the Colts, i tell you what, they got a flair for the dramatic. They don't, uh, they are not ones for having a dull moment. <laughs> they win again, 27-20. They're, what, third win in a row? Now, yeah, seven of the last nine. Yeah, it takes them to 10-4. and four, And it was... It was another nail biter, right? It's the same game you saw two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was just as confused as you were. Like, haven't I seen this movie before? But let's start though with I think what's more important here, which is they won. Okay, and I know, I know, there's a lot to nitpick, but they won, and winning is hard. It is hard, and I know coaches always say that, and it sounds like a cliche, like one percent better, but it's true. And it's the tenth win, man. I mean that that's meaningful. I thought this team was a ten and six win, ten and six team, at the outset of this season. I said, "All right, ten and six is probably the bar." And here they are, ten wins with two to go. I don't know if they win next week, but I mean, hell, I don't think this is a small achievement. And it's it is really tough out there, man. And given what this year has wrought, no off season and all of those things, can you put ten wins in perspective? I mean, is it? Is it right to make a big deal out of 10 wins? Yeah, I think you're right. I think we we are allowed sort of a, a minute to pause and then look back and say, this is what they've done. So they're, they're a 10-win team. They're going to finish as an 11-win team or more, right? They're, they're not losing to Jacksonville week 17. If they do, all hell will break loose on this podcast. Well, I mean, if they do, then Jacksonville gives away the number one pick, first of right. all. The Colts <laughs> but, should try it. No, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But... Um, <laughs> It's a double-digit win team for the second time under Frank Reich, and the only time they didn't win 10 or more games under Frank Reich is when the quarterback retired 15 days before the season opener. No small achievement. Under the pressure and the obstacles they faced this season, which every team faced, it's no less impressive that they've been able to do. And I'm kind of torn because they, they weren't impressive for stretches yesterday. The defense has me a little bit worried moving into a big game against the Steelers and then eventually the playoffs in January. But at the same time, you just got to win in December. You just got to win. And you got to win ugly sometimes. And the last four games against the Texans have come down to the final possession. The last four. And this is something we talked about yesterday in the press box. We can dive into this game in so many different realms. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson is just going to be a he's going to be a pain in the ass for this team to face for 10 years. And Holy shit, he this did guy. it yesterday with Larry Cohen, you know, like what were the three stooges that you mentioned in your story. I mean, like literally <laughs> yeah. like who are these guys that he's bringing down the field with him? I mean, he it doesn't matter who it is. He's that good. And it took a heroic effort from DeForest Buckner, who I wrote about. I mean, this guy played 35 snaps. He had three sacks and a forced fumble. He was playing on a bum ankle that he wasn't really supposed to be playing on. Um, 
that's how you got to win games. You got to grit out games in December when they don't look pretty. And they did it, and they got to 10 wins. And, and this is a pretty good football team. And it's going to be fun to start to weigh where they're going to go in the playoffs and who they're going to face. And it, it's going to be fun because Indianapolis hasn't had a lot of playoff games in the last five or six years. Yeah, I, we were talking about this, I think, as you and I, uh, the other day. I mean, the last, what, six years? Ain't been a whole lot going on in these parts. Okay? It's been disappointing. I mean, think about that. Since 2014, 2014 was their last, not their last, but that, that was the year they went to the AFC Championship game. And then, so since then, 2015 through 2020, or I guess 2019, they've made the playoffs one time. So, you know, you're talking about 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, last five seasons, one trip to the playoffs. So what's my point? The point is this. They're not there yet. They haven't clinched. But I think they'd have to basically fall off a cliff and, and a miracle would have to happen for them to not make it at this point. So we're going to we're gonna sort of work under the assumption that they're going to the playoffs. And that is a big deal. Especially this year, I think, because a couple things. Number one, I think this team is talented enough that it can win any game. And I, I'm not saying they're the best team. I, I'm not no, saying I, that. I buy that. I buy that. Right. But, like, is there any game, is there any win they could have that would stun you, right? No, I don't think there's no game they would win that would stun me. I think they can beat anybody, potentially. Will they? We'll see. And then the other thing is that this year in particular, I think really it's all up for grabs. I mean, there are clearly some elite teams, but this is a weird year. So anything could happen. The playoff format has changed as well. The buys have changed. I mean, so I just think it's a good year to be in the playoffs and just give it a rip, you know? See what the hell happens. That's kind of where they're at. I mean, look, they got a 30, 39-year-old quarterback. They're just kind of <laughs> they're taking a stab at it here. And, like, they're in and probably in, and they're probably going to have a shot, you know? So we'll see. So anyway, I, I just I, I know that's not necessarily what you came here to hear, but I'm just saying, man, I, I just, just appreciate 10 wins. It, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I agree, and we've seen the alternative for so many years. And the the alternative this year would have been, I don't want to say catastrophic, but it would have been a totally different conversation, right? Because you look at this, oh, yeah. and this is something I asked Frank Reich about last week, like point blank, like, Frank, you put your neck on the line for this guy. You went out and signed a $25 million quarterback for one year who's 38 years old. Now he's 39, and he wasn't great the first five weeks. And I'm not... Ignoring the Jets and the Vikings games where they just rolled by 30 points, but but we kind of are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you get yeah. credit for beating the worst teams? Um, right against Chicago and against Cleveland, Rivers struggled, and that's yeah. that was obvious, and we wrote about it. And it was dicey for a little bit. It wasn't like the season was on the line or anything. But another year without the playoffs under Chris Ballard, that'd be three out of four. That'd be two out of three with Frank Reich. That wouldn't be good. Jim Irsay. You know, I had a talk with him a little couple of weeks ago about just kind of everything they've been through. And, and Jim Mercer is preaching patience. He gets it. He understands this is going to take some time and you cannot rush the quarterback spot. However, you know Jim Mercer. I know Jim Mercer. The man wants to win the, the ring every single year. It's all he thinks about. He wants multiple Lombardis. That's all he talks about. So it would have been a difficult January in Indianapolis if this team didn't make the postseason with the moves they made last year. You go out and you sign the most expensive defensive tackle you've ever paid, 
uh, and you go out and you sign a quarterback for $25 million. Those are moves that said, we're ready to do it now. Maybe not win the whole thing, but get into January and see what happens. They answered the bell, and that's not an easy thing to do with everything that came their way. They lost two really good offensive players in the first two weeks in Paris Campbell and Marlon Mack. They did answer the bell, and they've won seven of nine. And if some of the wins are ugly, I'm okay with that. This team has been built to not just win in this January, but to contend for years to come. they still got to figure out the quarterback spot, but you're starting to see a team grow up in, in my eyes because you win games like that. Last year, you would have found a way to lose that game. Yeah, look, I would say this. I, I think we've talked a lot about, you know, them not winning more, right, when Andrew Luck was the quarterback. And, and we can go around and around about that. But, you know, they kind of have a different scenario now. They, they're trying – we've talked about this. They're trying to figure out the quarterback and all that. But they have a really good team. You can't waste time. You cannot waste years. Yeah. You know, Darius Leonard's only going to be 25 once. He's only going to be know, playing on quit. this contract, you know, for a yeah, couple more yeah. years. Real – not even. <laughs> I think yeah. he's getting a deal this year. But anyhow – what am I saying? Is this so? You have to make the most of these, okay? It's not like I, I get that they get a pass on some level because your freaking quarterback retired. <laughs> I get that, right? That did happen. I, at the same time, dude, nobody cares. Yeah, literally, no one cares. Yep. So you got to do it, man. And at, at the end of the day, like I said, I mean. Quentin Nelson's only going to be this age once. Darius Leonard's only going to be this age once. I mean, you're only going to have this window one time. You know, before you know it, look, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's 31. How long did that take, right? It didn't take very long. I think about that all the time. Wow, like, he's already 31. Like, he's already at near the end of his career. Like, it happens so fast. So, so you got to take advantage when the, when the opportunities come. And, and this year, presented them some kind of opportunity. And the quarterback was going to have to be a part of that. And I think at least to this point, he's given them what they were looking for. So they're, they're in good shape. Um, let's, let's reset things, right? They are they're 10-4. and four. So is Tennessee. They won again. So they're doing what they need to do as well. They're handling their business. So give them credit. Uh, so they're still tied. I think right now it's going to really have to be a situation where the Colts go 2-0 and in the end. And the Titans are going to have to give them one at this point. Um, yeah, it's going to come They go to Lambeau down. next week, so we'll It doesn't see. necessarily come down to this week, but it could. Because I, I like the Colts' schedule the last two more than I like the Titans' schedule. The Colts go to Pittsburgh, tough game, no doubt. Then they come home and play Jacksonville. That's an easy W. Tennessee has to go to Lambeau for Sunday night football. And the Packers are hot. And that could absolutely be a loss. Uh, I don't trust Tennessee's defense as much as I trust Derrick Henry on the other side. And then they got to go to Houston in Week 17. And I know we just saw Houston, but in these division games with a quarterback as dynamic as Deshaun Watson, Houston could win that game. It's not out of the realm of possibility. The Colts need to get a better record than the Titans because they're not going to win the tiebreaker unless, unless Tennessee loses to Houston in Week 17. Then you go to the third tiebreaker, which the Colts have the advantage in right now. This is all really complicated. I'm going to spell it out in the story this week. Don't worry. I've done all the math. It's giving me a headache. The you bottom can have line it. I don't is, want, I don't want to do math, so you can have that. But go ahead. I'll ask you this though. This is going to matter a lot when you get into the playoffs, the matchup, because mm-hmm. I, if I'm the Colts, I don't want to go to Buffalo. I don't want anything to do with Buffalo, and I'd rather go to Pittsburgh. I'd rather go to Tennessee. Um, but I think the matchup is going to be huge because this this could decide in the next couple of weeks 
whether you're playing at home, whether you're on the road, whether you're in Buffalo, whether you're in Cleveland, Tennessee, all this is up in the air. So the best case scenario for the Colts is just to finish with a straight up better overall record than the Titans. You win the division, you get to host a playoff game, which we know is important to Jim Irsay, and and you don't have to go to somewhere like Buffalo. Because it would be a shame, in my eyes, if the Colts have the same record as the Titans and the Titans get to host the Dolphins and the Colts have to go to Buffalo or something like that, right? I mean, there was that year where the Colts went 12-4 and four, and because they didn't win their division, they had to go on the road to 8-8 eight and eight San Diego and they lost in the playoffs. Four games better in the record than they had to go on the road. So what I'm saying is, long story short, the playoff scenarios are, um, there's a ton of them right now. Um, the Colts need to finish strong. And if they win Sunday in Pittsburgh, that's not only a statement game that we can beat anybody in the AFC, maybe outside of Kansas City, um, but that would really set them up if Tennessee were to falter later in the day to be the AFC South champs. It would get really interesting. Uh, look, we have <laughs> we're a long way from predicting the Colts winning in Pittsburgh, right? Just because of history. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not saying true. that, but I, I think. Let's see, right? Let's see what happens. I, I think that's why they play the game, and this is a little bit different team. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think this team, they don't care how many points they lost by in Pittsburgh, you know, five years ago. These guys They don't didn't care. have this defense going to Pittsburgh. No, these guys don't care. They don't care. What, they so that's 53 good. that one day? And, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I stopped counting. Yeah. I think I stopped watching, actually. Not even just counting. So, anyhow, let's, let's talk – about yesterday, uh, that was that was an interesting game. Obviously, entertaining. I guess. I mean, they, that's the one thing they give you your money's worth when these two play. And I think I, I, I believe I read somewhere. I mean, they, they have played one score games these two teams just you know forever, and that's typically what you get in division games anyway. But uh, look, this is this was a hotly contested game. It's a rivalry. I, I think. It is what you probably expected it to be. I, I, if you didn't expect it to be this, maybe you should have. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, would I have liked to see the Colts close it out? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that's not what they do against this team. Um, my impression is this. Um, I, I think offensively, the same concern that I have had, which is just not consistent production. They have production. But they don't have consistent production. Like it kind of, it's the same sort of thing. It kind of faded in the second half. It took their foot off the gas pedal. It kind of felt like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, or <clears throat> excuse me, didn't execute very well for a little bit there. And then you turn around, and next thing you know, you're in a tied game, and you're you're fighting for your life. And that's kind of what happens. And then defensively, you know, I, I just think some sort of the same thing. Some really good moments early. And then just not enough consistency to finish the game until they finished the game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, what does that say? Does that say this team isn't as good as we think? Or does that just say that's the NFL? I think it's probably the latter. I think it's probably it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I, I don't know how yeah. good they are. But I also think, let's not, let's not make too much of that. I think if you look around the league, this is the NFL. Okay, every single week. I mean, nobody's blowing anybody out, generally speaking. Uh, and so you watch the Colts every week, so you you know those games intimately, and then you look at the scores at everybody else, and you're like, oh, wow, they beat them by 10. That's a, it's a good win. And you have no idea how that even happened. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, I just think this is the NFL. It's never easy. 
But I don't know. Your thoughts. What are your thoughts, actually? You're 100% right. It is the NFL, and Deshaun Watson's really good. And, and sometimes you just got to make a play at the end to win. But your story recounted how many times they've done this this year. And I'm not taking it away from them because they're stepping up and they're making the plays, and you got to. Cincinnati, Chicago, Green Bay, Houston twice, right? Um, the defense has stepped up and, and won the game at the end when the other offense is trying to do the same. So they're stepping up and they're making plays, and that's great, and that's a good sign moving forward. But also, like you said yesterday in the press box, it's a tough way to live. Does that give you worry? Because Deshaun Watson is doing this with whoever the heck are the receivers left for Houston, but Wait, when they get K- into the playoffs... Wait, doesn't scare you? Yeah, he... That guy always has a great game against the Colts. He doesn't do anything against anybody else in the league. but go No figure. one else has ever uh, heard of him, but the Colts but know when, him really well. <laughs> when you get into January, you're not going to be able to live like that. Maybe one game, maybe two at best, but it's a dangerous way to live. And that goes back to the offensive inconsistencies. I mean, they jumped up 14-0. to zero. They were doing anything they wanted, and then they kind of took a nap. And Deshaun Watson pulled him back in it. There was that terrible busted coverage. That guy was like 15 yards wide open. Um, those things give me concern, and they need to get that cleaned up because I don't think that's good enough to go in and beat Pittsburgh on Sunday. Yeah, it's weird. Like, if you watched that game yesterday, if you watched the whole thing, all 60 minutes of it, it would be hard to come away from that game and not think, okay, the Colts are the better team. But yeah. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they're going anywhere, right? I mean, I think both Houston games, I think you would have to have watched those games and thought, okay, I think the Colts are the better team. I mean, they are the better team. Like it's not, it's not discussion, but I'm just saying, just eye test, right? Yeah, they're the better team. There's no question. Um, I think a lot of their games this year, I, I think they clearly look like the better team in most of those games, but they don't always necessarily perform at that level throughout the game. And so that's where I think I have a problem, or maybe not a problem, but just that's just a reality. I mean, it's, that's the concern if there is one. And, you know, it's about, it's about keeping up that level of consistency. It's about finishing. Uh, the defense has managed to finish. Right? Their second halves have been tremendous. This one a little less so, but, but their second halves have been tremendous. Offensively, their second halves, I think, have been underwhelming, very underwhelming. Uh, I thought... Early in the game yesterday, you know, it looked like they had a chance to go up twenty-one nothing there for a bit, yeah. and then, and then, you know, I go to the bathroom, and next thing, it's like it's fourteen fourteen or something. And I'm like, well, how did this happen? You know, and so I just think it's it, it really just is missed opportunities and opportunities to put teams away. They don't they don't do it. I mean, they did it against Las Vegas for the yeah. most part, and that's really like one of the few times they really have done that, and. I don't know. I don't know if it's them playing to their competition. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Um, granted, this isn't college. I don't think you're you're not going to see three touchdown wins very often. That kind of thing. I, I understand all that, but man, sometimes the opportunity's there, man, and and they just never yeah. seem to take advantage. I agree. Of it, which is but annoying. you know, to counter that, I will say yesterday, I, I was thinking Deshaun Watson's going to drive down the field and beat them, but the Colts made oh. two really big plays late, and it wasn't just Darius forcing that fumble. They took a shot on second and 20 after another Michael Pittman penalty. That dude needs to clean it up. He has more penalties for a wide receiver than anyone I can think of. False starts, illegal formation, holds. I mean, that guy is a flag waiting to happen. He needs to clean that up because that's going to cost them in the playoffs. But anyway, they're in a second and 20. 
And Frank even admitted later, like, look, we were just thinking maybe on one end you just get, you know, 10, 15 yards and get yourself in a better field goal position. Game was tied, right, 20 to 20. Um, but then they took a shot to T.Y., and I like that. Frank Reich is being Frank Reich, and he's being aggressive. They got the, the, the double high safeties. The safeties went to the receivers on the outside. T.Y. was in the slot. He got him on a linebacker. That's, that's, that's what, the, what, it's, what's what you want. That's the matchup you want. Um, I like them taking that shot and being aggressive. On the very next play, they do a run. It goes nowhere, and Frank's like, you know what? Forget killing time. We just need to get in the end zone. Tremendous play by Zach Pascal, who we haven't mentioned yet, but he had an amazing day yesterday. Two touchdowns. He was fantastic. Great dude. You love seeing that. Um, so they got back to sort of being who they were. And for most of the game, they got away from it, and they got kind of predictable, and they were almost lackadaisical out there. But then they got back to being who they were. T.Y. got back to being T.Y. against the Texans. That set up the game-winning touchdown. And then it really looked like the Texans were going to at least have a chance to tie it. QT's on the four or the five-yard line. And then Darius. I mean, Darius said this after the game. He's like, you guys watch me play. You see how many times I swap at the ball with those long, long arms of his. That was a great play by Darius Leonard. Um, So give them credit for stepping up in those critical moments. But you're not going to be playing teams as flawed as Houston in the playoffs. So they need to get cleaned up in the middle parts of the game because they were very mediocre for a lot of Sunday. I like the point you just made. Because I think it's important. Uh, there are different ways, and we've said this, there, there are different ways you can look at this, right? You can look at the, the flaws, you can look at the, the shortcomings, and you should, because they are, okay? I can guarantee you Frank Reich and his staff, as we speak, are talking about it right now. They're not talking about how great they played, okay? Trust me. That's not what they do on Mondays. They try to figure out, okay, how do we get better? And the way you get better is you look at what you didn't do well. So so that's what they're doing, and that's what they should be doing. That's what they get paid to do. But... I do think it's important that, yeah, they found a way to win this game because had they kept playing the way they were playing, they were going to lose the game, (laughs) okay? That's clear. I thought the TY play is exactly what you just said. It was them saying, you know what, let's let's win the game. Let's win the game. I mean, I'm looking there. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, well, they got to put this in the end zone because it's getting late here. All right, now they got a tied game. Uh, the pressure was on at that point. They had to make something happen. And I know that Texans defense is undermanned. They don't have a whole lot left right now. But at the end of the day, you know, the Colts defense, the Colts offense, excuse me, had uh, gotten into a lull there. And yeah, I mean, look, you you have to find a way to win. And they're doing that. And that in itself shows that you have you have what it takes, you know, because a lot of teams don't make those plays. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're repeatedly doing that, there's something to be said for your team because there's yeah, other teams you know, consistently teams, aren't able to do it. You know Exactly. You know what teams don't make those plays? The Houston Texans. Right. I mean, I was talking to Aaron Reese last night, and they had all these one-score wins last year, and it was almost mm-hmm. like they were um, a mirage in a sense, right? They were hmm. The record was better than they were, and they came back to earth this year. Um I'm going to give the Colts credit for making these plays. You know, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, they made plays yesterday. T.Y. Hilton, you're continually seeing the biggest names step up. And we haven't mentioned Philip Rivers a lot today. Um, he was really sharp again yesterday. There were some drops. Naheem Hines had one. I thought Trey Burton should have made that one. I believe it was a third down. I need to go watch yeah, the tape. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Um, but they need to clean those up. And I guarantee you those are the things they're going to see during the film session today. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Philip Rivers, 22 of 28 for 228 yards. I mean, you know, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, I get that not a banner day from a statistical standpoint, but in terms of efficiency, I mean, that's what you want. I think I don't think he was the problem. I think the problem was they just uh, – no one really made a whole lot of plays for him too. I mean, that's, that's part of yeah. it. You know, the TY play was a big play, but I, I also don't think they were that aggressive uh, at times. So I don't know. It, it was it was a weird game. It just it feels like when you look at the the box score, it feels like the numbers should be worse. Like <laughs> it feels like okay. Well, how did Philip Rivers have a relatively good game? I mean, that's a that's a hundred and twenty four rating. I mean, it's a really sharp game. Yeah. How did he play so well? They ran the ball relatively effectively. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's five point two yards per carry. I mean, okay, you, you take that ten times out of ten, and, and so you look at it and it's like, okay, well, what happened? And and really, I think what you had is, all right, let's go back to halftime. Okay, I think I told you this. I looked at that game at halftime. And was like, how was this game close? <laughs> it didn't feel like Houston had done anything, you know? Yeah. And, well, and the, I think the that's, that's the difference. That was a free right. touchdown. It's true. It's true. And then they had the one drive in the second half, and there, there you go. And next thing you know, the game's tied. So I think that's really what it boils down to. I mean, again, it goes back to what I said. You look at that game, the Colts clearly the better team. No question about it. But that has nothing to do with whether you win. And so yeah. you, you got to make the winning plays. I want to say – I want to get back to the defense briefly here because this is one thing that can – can be consequential in the playoffs. Now, allowing teams to drive the length of the field on you in, in the two-minute two minute drill is not winning football. You get that. But um, they have consistently, I think on, on defense, they have made big play after big play after big play. And it's not just these closeout plays. It's also, it's Kenny Moore last week. It's some of the things that DeForest Buckner has done consistently. Uh, Justin Houston, safety. Justin Houston. plays. Yes. I think... You look at some of their biggest wins, all of those wins, for the most part, can trace back to a huge defensive play. I didn't even get into all of those in my story, and I probably should have, because I was concentrating on sort of the 
the closeout moments. But yeah, you are no, absolutely you're right. On. You're right. The you know the safeties, the strip fumbles, strip sacks. Excuse me, uh, sack strip, whatever your preference. The the interceptions, Julian Blackman. I mean, some of these types of plays. I mean, they have. They may not be the best defense necessarily, but they are a hell of a playmaking defense, and so that's going to serve you well. You brought this up. What's the conversation that Matt Eberflus and Chris Ballard had at the end of last season? What is what Chris told him? Chris said this when he took over in 17, and he said it after last season because it jumped out at him so much. His team was not taking the football away enough, and it drove him crazy. He he drafts guys of a certain ilk for that reason. It's one of the reasons he drafted Malik Hooker. He wants big play guys because taking the football is so valuable in this league. It's such a boost for the defense and for the offense. And they didn't do it last year very well. And right now, they're number one in the NFL in turnover differential. They're plus 12. It's very good that Phillip Rivers hasn't thrown an interception in ages. I mean, he really has not thrown very many since Cleveland in week five. That's really good on the offense. And on the defense, exactly what you mentioned. It's Houston coming up with the safeties. It's Julian Blackman making plays. It's strip sacks. It's Buckner having a forced fumble yesterday and three sacks. They are a big play defense. I haven't even got to Darius Leonard yet, who's literally got big play written all over his game. Um, You're right. And this is a byproduct of the way they've drafted and the guys they've drafted. These are the things that um, these are the things that come when you go out and get those guys. And it's a huge part of their defense. They're going to bend, don't break, but they're also going to make a lot of plays. And it is very similar to the Dungy defense back in the days. The fans that go back to those days, you remember Bob Sanders taking the football away. Robert Mathis has the most strip sacks of anyone in NFL history. Dwight Freeney. I mean, those guys took the ball away. They would drive you crazy at times. I get that. And I'm sure this defense does too. But they are incredible this season at taking the football away. And you've seen how much it changes games. And I wonder how much fans' opinions have changed late in the game when the other offense is driving. The Colts are on defense. What are you thinking? I'm thinking they might make a play here because I've seen it over and over and over again. Like you said, it's it's becoming their DNA. It really is. They are becoming killers in the turnover game. Yeah, I, I thought DeForest Buckner said it best. He said, you know, that's why I never get too high or low when something bad happens because he says, I know it's coming. <laughs> and... I mean, he's kind of right, you know, and I get it. It sucks if you're a fan, okay? I mean, it, it is gut-wrenching, I'm sure, okay? You don't want Deshaun Watson with the ball in his hand inside the 20-yard line with 20 seconds to go. That's a terrible situation for most people, right? I get that. Uh, going in to tie the game or maybe even win with a two-point conversion, which they probably would have tried. So, yeah, I get it. That's nerve-wracking. That's terrible. Um, your, your lunch is about to come up in that situation. I get it. Uh, but listen, they can't play this way or they, they wouldn't be equipped to play this way if they didn't have the kinds of players who actually can come through in these situations. And that's what they have. They have because they have guys like DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore and guys like that who just have a nose for the football. Let's just be honest. I mean, they have. Yeah. It's a God-given knack for finding the football. It's, it's not accidental. A, it's, it's a hard thing to teach. I mean, Darius, the first play we ever saw Darius Leonard make was a fading, diving, falling backwards interception on Andrew Luck that none of us that were standing mm. there at that practice and training camp thought this guy was going to make because we've never seen a linebacker make that play since we started covering the Colts. 
Right. And it wasn't necessarily like, oh, he's going to be defensive player of the year as a rookie, defensive rookie of the year. But it was like, whoa, he's got something to him, 53, because we didn't see him at all during minicamp and all that. You and know who else didn't think he would make that play? Andrew Luck. Because and, <laughs> Andrew Luck had never been intercepted like that. Not from <laughs> someone like, on his own team. Who's that guy? Yeah. I couldn't believe that play. And that was just the start. And you're seeing it every week. And Darius did it against Oakland his, his rookie year. He did it yesterday against the Texans. I mean, it's just these guys just have a knack for big plays. And that's why, you know, the Grover Stewart fumble in Houston. I mean, yes, it was a bad snap. But look at how quickly Grover got into the backfield and forced that ball out. Without that... They're just, you know, Houston recovers and they're on the five, and it's probably a different outcome. So, um, it's it's a dangerous play, a dangerous way to live if you're going to let all these games be close in the end. But I guess the Colts fans out there can take some solace in the fact that this team continues to make big plays just about every single week. And then the other pillar of Matt Eberflus' defense, obviously, takeaways are a big part of it. The other pillar, or one of the other pillars. Is hustle and they all go hand in hand, right? Because if you hustle and there's a loose ball, guess what happens? You're probably going to be able to get it. And so that was also a, a result yesterday because Good when point. that ball did come loose, what did you see? You saw blue jerseys, okay? There were a couple white jerseys there. They didn't get to the ball, they got pushed aside by the blue jerseys. So that's as critical as anything. And I think that also goes to. The outcome in the in the previous Houston game, same thing. Grover Stewart, he didn't just happen to fall on the ball like it was right there at his feet. No, he had to go get the ball, and he right. had to he had to actually bump somebody aside uh, to make sure that uh, that the Colts could recover it. And those are those are actual plays that take ability and effort and savvy i mean those those things also don't just happen and they they are a result of hustle so when it's when it's beat into your head and it's ingrained in you from the coaching every single day because if you don't hustle you don't play we know how that works with this team mm-hmm. more than any other team i mean no less than justin houston was like yo this is crazy <laughs> we got and, here and even frank admitted like when he talks to other coaches they're like the one thing about your defense is they all hustle to the ball. Like, it's obnoxious. Like, it yeah. stands out so much. Obnoxious is a that. great word because it's true. It's kind of it like, okay, obnoxious. we get it. And, we get it. But you're dead right. When there's a loose ball, there's four blue jerseys right around there. And yeah. there's a loose ball in the end zone yesterday. If Houston recovers that, it could be a touchdown. It could be the tying touchdown. And Bobby Okariki came up with it. You're right. The hustle pays off in so many ways, seen and unseen. You, you, you see this in... This has been tried in basketball a little bit. This is not a perfect analogy, but I mean, look at some of the the college basketball teams over the years that have just played like just that hellish brand of defense. You know, I think about Nolan yeah. Richardson's teams. You know, at Arkansas, like you hated playing those freaking teams. You know what I mean? It just drove yeah. you crazy. It's like shit. Stop already. There were uh, te- it was, it was kind of like Butler when they had their run. I mean, other teams would say yeah. Butler just made you hate playing. You just it wasn't like they, they weren't the always the half. best team, but but right. they made you into a different kind of team when you played them, and that's that's kind of what they do, you know. It's like God, they're so annoying. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the We've Colts all, on yep. defense. Yep, that's, that's a credit. Colts. That's a credit to Matt Eberflus's defense and getting these guys to buy in and play so hard. It's a credit to Chris Ballard for drafting the right guys because they all bought into this. But um, Matt Eberflus is going to get some interviews in the next couple of weeks. I just have a feeling he's yeah. done such a good job with this defense. I don't know if he gets a job. Teams will probably skew towards offense, as we've seen the last couple of years. But 
Um, that shouldn't diminish how good of a job Matt Eberflus has done this season and since he took over in 2018. Yeah, that's something I'll be watching here in the next couple of weeks. I, I've heard his name come up in a couple of places. I, I won't get into specifics yet. I want to hear a little more before I go throwing that around. But isn't it, there's buzz about him. Let's just put it that way. There is buzz about him. And, yeah, something i got to start digging on this week. So uh, that will be a, a continued story, I think, for the next few weeks. Um, I would be stunned if he didn't at least get an interview. I, I think yeah. that's probably likely it's, at this point. This is what happens when you have a good team. It's, it's yeah. probably going to be playing in January, and, and you're doing things right. So it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Uh, so since we are looking at Christmas later this week, I don't think we'll be back for our second episode. We'll probably uh, call it. But um, so let's look ahead a little bit. We got this Pittsburgh game. I, I don't know what to make of Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, I, do they play tonight? I think yeah. Cincinnati. Okay. So there's nothing to bounce back and feel better at yourself than a game against Cincinnati, right? Because they, yeah. they lost two in a row, and they haven't impressed me much the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. I know they're, they're, they're sort of the engine of their team is that defensive line, and they'll get after you. And, and Watt is tremendous. Roethlisberger has not looked good the last couple of weeks. The run game has seemed to disappear. You know, for a team that's that's you know what eleven and two. Um, I'm not ruling out the Colts going in there and, and, and having a chance to beat them. And I know the Colts' history in Pittsburgh, but um, this is a different team, and it starts with the defense. This is a different defense going to face the Steelers. And there's no Le'Veon Bell, there's no Antonio Brown, and those are the guys that torched the Colts for years. You know, I'm looking at something here that's interesting. We were talking about turnovers just now. The Colts, uh, twenty four total takeaways and as i have that up on my screen i noticed something the second the number two team in turnovers or excuse me in takeaways colts number three number two team is pittsburgh but here's the interesting thing Uh, they have 17 interceptions that's a lot uh only actually that leads the league i believe so what i'm getting to is this part of the reason for Pittsburgh's success this year has been their turnover ratio. I mean, they have they are what they're plus eleven. I mean, that's I think right behind the Colts. So plus eleven. Now, a couple of things. Rivers is probably not going to throw you two or three. Okay, so you're not going to you're probably not going to to be able to to hang your hat on that. Uh, I mean, he just hasn't done it lately in this back half of the season. He hasn't thrown interceptions. He just hasn't. So, and I haven't walked away from many games saying, I can't believe he did that. You know, one of those types of plays. He just hasn't done it. So Pittsburgh sort of, they sort of beat you into those types of plays. You know, first of all, they can rush the passer. So that that happens. Um, So you're going to have to protect. But but I trust the Colts. I mean, they they protect pretty well. So I think they can counter that. What I'm saying is, I guess, I don't think this is a terrible matchup necessarily for the Colts. I really don't think it is. I think No, I think the areas and Kansas City are much different and much worse matchups. I think the Colts actually match up pretty well. I like the Colts' offensive line. They've allowed the third fewest sacks in football this year. Costanzo's back. That's unbelievably huge. The run game is starting to come together. It's amazing to me how much better Jonathan Taylor is playing now versus a month ago. Credit to him for sticking with it. Credit to Frank Reich for sticking with it. Um, And that matters. And that can offset the defensive line of Pittsburgh if you get that going. Um, And and I'll I'll watch the game tonight, and I'll see what I think of the Steelers. But it doesn't have the same dread 
that it did when the Colts would go to Pittsburgh for years and get right. drilled. It just doesn't have the same feeling in a lot of that as the matchup. And I do think this is a different Colts defense, and, and, and that, could, that can give you a lot of confidence going into that stadium. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe it's misguided. I don't know. We will see. But I, I don't disagree with you. I think I think they have a shot here. And listen, this win would, would go a long way, depending on what happens. Uh, yeah, because right Tennessee now you're going to week. Buffalo in week one of the playoffs, and that's not good. And I'm not saying the Colts can't go to Buffalo and win. Um, but of the but three they're, teams, they're a hot team. They're a hot team. Yeah. And of the three I, teams, wouldn't you rather play Pittsburgh or Tennessee than Buffalo right now? I think you would. Well, you certainly rather go to Tennessee because – you know that team. You know you can beat them. They're, yeah, they're not going to bat an eye at that. I mean, right. I, I already know what the guys would say to Tennessee. Like, psh, let's do yeah, it. I mean, they went <laughs> they down there and beat them by seventeen in November, right? right. And Tennessee they, beat they the they Colts JV team. You know, so I think right. the Colts would like that one. But um, that's fun. It's fun to have playoff conversations again. It's the it's the best part of the football season. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and again. Not like two years ago. They're not going to back their way in here. It doesn't look like. I mean, they may be a wild card, and I know that's not ideal, but uh, they've been in position uh, to to be in the postseason for several weeks now. So this is not a situation where uh, it's going to come down to the wire. They're going to have to back their way in. If they win one of these last two, I mean, they're they're firmly in the playoffs, and I don't think anything's going to change that. So so that's good. You know, it takes some of the pressure off, but but they still got work to do. And we'll see. Um, I don't know. I'm like, I'm actually I'm into it now. I, I think we come this far. Hell, let's see. <laughs> let's see what, what yeah. happens the rest of the way, man. You know, I'm invested. So we'll see. Um, all I can say is have a great holiday, guys. Um, Christmas or um, whatever it is you celebrate. Uh, have a great holiday. Thank you guys all for joining us this year. Uh, it's been a hell of a year. Okay, uh, for for everybody. It's been the weirdest year of my career. I'm sure Zach can attest. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but um, but it's been you know it, I think the way this season has has come together and and we've made the best of it. It's been you know it's been rewarding to kind of see it see us rise rise above it as a society and then just you know also just trying to to follow football in the midst of all this has been interesting to say the least. So anyway, if you haven't checked out our uh, two-for-one gift deal. It's a, it's a great last-minute opportunity for you. Uh, two subscriptions for the price of one uh, for the sports fan in your life. Hey, have at it. So, for those of you who are subscribers, thank you again. Uh, we appreciate every one of you. So, I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a wrap-up of Colts at Steelers uh, for Week 16.